When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This content factory we call the Rich Eisen Show. This is the Rich Eisen Show. And if you don't have a, a, a sense of excitement about this, I don't know what you're here for. The Rich Eisen Show with guest host Ryan Leaf. Can't tell you enough how much I love your show. Live. Boom! Boom! From the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Ryan Leaf. Good morning, everybody, here on the West Coast. Uh, afternoon everywhere else. It's the Rich Eisen Show. You're listening to Ryan Leaf filling in for Rich this morning. Hope everybody had a wonderful uh, 4th of July weekend. I don't know about you, but in Los Angeles, it's like Armageddon, all right? It is unbelievable how many uh, people are putting off fireworks and not just at night it's it's like broad daylight and they sound like uh, bombs over Baghdad they just boom all over uh, every year there's a flyover photo of what Los Angeles looks like on the 4th of July I'm sure somebody will find that gif uh, at some point today with what Los Angeles looks like uh, I fell asleep at 9 o'clock. I knew I had to do the show this morning. I had a workout at uh, 6 a.m. this morning, so I knew I had to be up. So I I heard some as I was going to bed, but it was kind of a just background noise as I as I fell asleep. We have a great show today for you. Rich and the fellas are, are taking a well-deserved break over the holiday weekend, observing the 4th of July today on the 5th. Uh, we have a great list of guests today. We have Bill Shaken from the L.A. Times he covers the Dodgers mostly. We're going to talk to him uh, about the Trevor Bauer situation. He was supposed to pitch yesterday, but Major League Baseball stepped in and uh, put him on a seven-day uh, leave of work while they do uh, and continue their investigation into the sexual assault charges that have been levied against him. Um, at 10 o'clock, we have Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA insider. Now that we have a NBA Finals situated and it's all set between the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks, who are going to go head-to-head starting tomorrow night in Phoenix. Uh, at 10.20, we got Eric Name, the athletics beat writer for the Bucks. He's going to get us all up to date on what's going on in Milwaukee. Giannis's injury, whether or not he's going to be available for the finals. And then at 11 right now, we have Jay, uh, Chandra Sekar, uh, writer, director, comedian of Super Troopers. Uh, he has a new film that he just finished directing up in Canada. 
Easter Sunday. Die-hard Chicago sports fan, Cubs, Bears, all of that. We're going to uh, lament uh, about our Cubs who have not, I don't think, won a game since they uh, – they may have won since then, but they went on like a seven-game losing streak after throwing the no-hitter against the Dodgers that I was at a few weeks ago. Um, he'll be joining us at 11. Hopefully – we're going to grab somebody from the Phoenix side of things as well to talk a little NBA there. But uh, on a more of a um, sad note, um, we lost uh, someone extremely um, important to the, to the football community, in particular the Pac-12 and the West Coast side of things, especially for me, Terry Donahue. Uh, the the winningest, UCL, winningest UCLA and Pac-12 football coach ever. Uh, passed away yesterday at 77. Um, he served as the general manager for the San Francisco 49ers as well later in his career. Um, he was battling um, uh, cancer and had been struggling that, with that for the last two years. Uh, Terry was an instrumental uh, person in my football history. Uh, he, there were many, many reasons why, but one is he recruited me to go to UCLA and... Um, I was extremely interested in it and I, I, I had a visit scheduled and it was, the, it was the day of the Rose Bowl, 1994. So it was January 1st, 1994. And I was at home, uh, watching the game. It was between UCLA, uh, a team coached by him and the Wisconsin Badgers and in the grandeur of the Rose Bowl Stadium, you know, as the sun was setting with the San Gabriel Mountains in the background, one of the most beautiful venues uh, in, in college sports, and my phone rang. And it was the head coach of Washington State University, Mike Price. And he asked me what I was doing. And I said, well, I'm, I'm watching the Rose Bowl coach. And he said, I'll make you a deal if you come here, um, you and I will play in that game together. And I hadn't done any research, so I didn't realize that Washington State hadn't been to the Rose Bowl since 1931. Um, but what he was selling, I bought it, hook, line, and sinker in that moment. I mean, I marched into mom and dad's bedroom, and I told them I was going to Washington State. And over the next few days, I canceled trips to Oregon, uh, UCLA, uh, and uh, I can't remember where I canceled the other the other trip. I think it might have been uh, Colorado. And I remember when Coach Donahue called after I canceled the trip, and uh, and at, he just asked me, you know, asked me why. You know why don't you want to come down and check out Los Angeles? I grew up here. It's it's amazing. You'll love Westwood. And I said, Coach, I just you know I just Coach Price just laid it out for me, and I I I trust him and I believe in him, and I think I'm making the right choice. And he he asked me what I had said, or, or what Coach Price had said, and he said, he, if you come here, um, um we'll play in that game together as I was watching the Rose Bowl. And he, he kind of stopped me in mid-sentence. He goes, Ryan, I would have loved to call you. I would have loved to have called you, but we were actually playing in the game. And he was exactly right. So um, it's a funny anecdote now. Um, 
UCLA would he would leave the job in '95. So ultimately, I wouldn't have I would have been coached by him by, for a couple years before he moved on to the NFL. And Bob Toledo took over that UCLA team and had a very successful career, uh, especially with Cade McNown at quarterback and Skip Hicks as running back. But uh, Coach Donahue has the most wins ever, 98 of any coach in Pac-10, Pac-12 history. Also the most victories ever in UCLA history, 151. A lot of non-conference wins there. They were really good against the non-conference. He was an assistant from 71 to 75. Listen to this. He took over for Dick Vermeil as the head coach at age 31 years old. That that's super young at the collegiate level uh, as a head coach, especially for a prestigious university like UCLA. He was the head coach there from 1976 to 1995. Um, he was the first uh, player. This was the first person ever to appear in a Rose Bowl game as a player, an assistant coach, and as a head coach. And uh, he won it three times. Um, he, he earned bowl victories uh, in seven consecutive years from like 83 to 89. So it just utterly he was born here, um, went to school in Sherman Oaks, went to UCLA, just never left and, uh, and stayed in the state of California his, his entire life, right? Coached the likes of Troy Aikman, Hall of Famers like Troy Aikman, Kenny Easley, uh, Jonathan Ogden, all those guys. He was also inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. He was also in the Rose Bowl Hall of Fame and the, and the press box at the Rose Bowl was named after him. Uh, Chip Kelly, who is now the head, current head coach at, at UCLA, uh, had this to say. He epitomizes everything you strive to be as a coach and as a human being. Current UC, uh, Since the moment I stepped on campus, he's been an incredible mentor and one of the most authentic, humble, and toughest men I've ever met. He loved UCLA with all he had. I can't express how important his guidance and friendship has been for me. And... For many others, I can only imagine, and, and, and a small part of, of, of my life as well, an interesting part in all of that. Um, it seems as during the pandemic, more and more people that I've known have, um, have passed, and maybe it's just the age that I'm getting to, 45 years old, where the people that I were mentors and people that I looked up to are, are going to be in their seventies and eighties. And, and that's a life expectancy time. I don't know. It just seems like we were losing a lot of, of people during this time. And, and it was sad, sad to hear the story yesterday, but so I wanted to part some of that today uh, as we started the show uh, as we get into some fun stuff after the 4th of July weekend. Um, we talked about this on uh, Friday of last week. Shikari Richardson, of course, was uh, has been banned or suspended from the running in the 100 meters at the Olympics because of a uh, positive drug test with THC, which is you know the active ingredient in, in marijuana. And we talked about whether or not um, that should be the case. It was, it's legal in the state of Oregon. Um, all of those things, um, the governing body, the IOC, uh, and the world doping agencies, uh, 
have that as a banned substance, Re- you know, regardless of what you may think of it in terms of why or what or what's unfair. Uh, this is the rule. Now, I will say she has handled this ex- extremely well for somebody so young who is the best sprinter in the game, who would have probably won gold in Tokyo uh, when the Olympics start here in a couple weeks, and uh, in how she handled it. I had, uh, I had a chance to speak with somebody over the weekend who, who works in this field, who works in the track and field industry, uh, knows these women intimately. Uh, and I was, I was told something interesting around marijuana positive tests too. I was told that some, and, and, and I don't, you know, this is all speculative of, of different instances that she's, she's seen this, but she talked to me about how marijuana sometimes is, is used as a, as a masking agent. And when I say masking agent, it's to mask other kind of doping uh, situations. I, I, I find it hard to believe that somebody would work that hard to run and just showcase themselves as the national championships uh, only to be booted from the um, Olympics because the Olympics is the ultimate stage. I get it if you, you know, test positive at the Olympics after you run and everybody just sees how fast you are. Um, but she has some linkage to a coach who has some, some history uh, around doping. Um, but I will say this, Shikari uh, Richardson has handled this like a true professional for how young she is after losing her biological mother. Her choice to self-medicate that way uh, is a way that a lot of people choose to do so. It's legal. It's like alcohol. You can buy it uh, over the counter. Um, it's just a banned substance in with the IOC. It, it just is. The World Doping Agency says it's a banned substance. Therefore, if you test positive for it, you're going to have to deal with the consequences. And that's what she's dealing with now. Unfortunately, uh, the best runner uh, uh, on the women's side of things most likely won't get to showcase her skills in Tokyo. There's a possibility she can run in the uh, 4 by 100 meter um, relay. But uh, what qualifies you for that is what your 100 meter time is. And that was discarded because of her positive test. So I don't necessarily know how... She will be able to. Uh, this is my idea, and in the age of pay-per-view of internet stars versus real champions, um, if I'm Shikari, I'm I'm hollering at Usa- Usain Bolt, and I'm saying, "Hey, you haven't been training for the Olympics, but you're, you're probably still faster than every freaking guy that's going to run the hundred meters at the Olympics. How about you and I?" On the day of, like, the Olympic 100-meter um, finals, you and I do a pay-per-view event where we race each other. I mean, that would sell everybody. I would probably – now, I haven't paid for some of these these fights where they're making millions and millions of dollars, Mayweather and the Paul brothers and whatnot. But I would probably – I would probably fork out maybe, you know, 1999 – to watch Shikari Richardson uh, race Usain Bolt, uh, you know, on the same date and time as the Tokyo uh, Olympics 100 meters, I think it would. I think it would dwarf 
what network ratings would be. I, I'm assuming NBC has uh, has that. Um, that's 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 the way I would do it. I think that would be unbelievably interesting, uh, and I think would sell a lot of buys. So if anybody out there puts those things together, cut me in for a percentage of it because this is this is an idea. This is a hell of an idea. Uh, if somebody wants to run with that, um, again, you're you're listening to the Rich Eisen show. I'm Ryan Lee filling in for Rich. We have a great show for you. We're going to be talking all things uh, NBA finals. We have Eric Name uh, from the Athletic who covers the Bucks. He's going to join us at 10:20. We have Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA insider, at 10 o'clock. Uh, but up next, uh, we're going to be joined by Bill Shaken, LA Times national baseball reporter. Covers the L.A. Dodgers. We're going to get into the Trevor Bauer situation, what went down over the weekend with Major League Baseball, uh, as well as a buddy of mine, Jay Chandra Sekar, who's going to join us at 11 o'clock, writer, director, comedian extraordinaire. Um, You're listening to The Rich Eisen Show. We'll be right back. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side, helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature, quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. I am Ryan Leaf, filling in for Rich Eisen. Him and the boys are getting a well-deserved vacation. They've been on it since they got back in the studio 
when uh, California started to open up a little bit more and they are enjoying the observation of the 4th of July here on Monday, July 5th. But I'm with you for the next two and a half hours, and I want to bring on my next guest. I uh, love reading his stuff, um, him and uh, Sam Farmer over there at the L.A. Times. Bill Shakin, L.A. Times national baseball writer, as well as covers the L.A. Dodgers uh, up close and personal. Welcome to the show, Bill. How you doing? Uh, doing well. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Um, so uh, the story here in L.A. Uh, around Trevor Bauer has been, uh, you know, whether or not anything was going to come of it. The Dodgers seemingly said, he's going to start. We're going to wait for this is in the Major League Baseball's hands. That was seen to kind of be insensitive um, by some, but uh, it worked out. Um, uh, and Major League Baseball stepped in before his start yesterday and placed him on administrative leave for seven days, uh, five days remaining there uh, after he was accused of sexual assault. Where are we at with Trevor Bauer, and where is Major League Baseball at in determining whether or not this is going to move further after this woman uh, um, applied and obtained a restraining order against the Los Angeles Dodgers pitcher? Well, as you mentioned, Ryan, there is a seven-day administrative leave that Major League Baseball put Bauer on and that gave Major League Baseball time to get its own investigation on. What I would tell you is that the police department in Pasadena, California, which is where the woman accusing Bauer originally went with her allegations, has been looking into this for several weeks. So there's not any real sense that Major League Baseball, without the kind of investigative power that uh, certainly a law enforcement agency would have, is going to be able to complete any kind of detailed investigation in seven days. So what that leaves us with is toward the middle of the week, uh, the league and the union will sit down and have a discussion. And if the leave is to be extended beyond seven days, the union would have to consent. Okay. Uh, the, the union then backing Trevor Bauer on this would have to consent to this would they if Trevor went to the the union and said, "Hey, you need to fight this for me." Is this something they're they're willing to stand up against, or is this something that they're saying, "Hey, let the let the investigation play out, Trevor. They're going to pay you, um, you know, and, and and you know the truth. Let's let it play out how it does, and the and, and at the end, you'll you'll be back out on the mound at some point." Yeah, I think the calendar here is going to play a factor because if you extend the leave by seven days, four of those days are the all-star break. Okay. So you're really only talking about three days that gives major league baseball, you know, more or less two weeks to look into it. And remember, we haven't seen any charges filed. We also right. haven't seen a decision that there aren't going to be charges filed. Maybe by the end of the two weeks, you have an answer to that. And that leads you in one direction or another. So I don't think, at this point, there's enough information for Major League Baseball to make a decision on suspension. Uh, certainly, they want to go through a full investigative process because all they have now is the one document that people have heard about and read about, the application for the restraining order. And that's one document. You need a lot more, obviously, to do a full investigation. Yeah, anytime something like this uh, is made public, which... You know, when you when you're a public person, that's that's what it becomes. Uh, the fact that it's that the police department has spoken out about it that it that he is under criminal investigation, um, 
any other conversation he has with Major League Baseball would be subject to subpoena, right? So the case most likely is going to have to go through the district attorney's office and from there. And so theoretically, the 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 time frame that we're talking about this is this is an ex- this is going to be more than just a couple of weeks leave. We think. I mean, there's going to be extended period of time here if they're waiting to find out what an investigation looks like if they've been if this has been ongoing for for a long time. Yeah, I mean, in theory, uh, Bauer could say, look, Major League Baseball, uh, put me back on the field. Uh, There's no charges here. You've had your seven days and let it play out. But realistically, I don't know that Major League Baseball is going to say, well, have you cooperated with us if you haven't done an interview with us? Right. And as you said, probably – the folks Bowers attorneys want him to talk to first, if he's going to talk to anybody would be the people doing the criminal investigation, not major league baseball. So it's going to be an interesting set of circumstances and competing priorities. Let's, let's move to the, on the field side of it, right? So um, the Dodgers have had a bit of a a resurgence. They uh, lost those games, got swept by the Padres. And then after being no hit by four pitchers in the Cubs, they, they seemingly have, have gone on a tear. And and the bats are coming alive. Cody Bellinger starting to do a little bit more. They're still waiting for for Corey at the shortstop position to come back from that injury. Let's start with that. Uh, I think we thought he'd be back a little bit sooner. This seems to be taking a, a bit longer than expected. Where are we in terms of uh, uh, of Seager's uh, back into the lineup? Well, the Dodgers had hoped that by now he'd be out on a minor league rehabilitation assignment, but the hand just hasn't really come around as quickly as they hoped. On the other hand, no pun intended, uh, you know, these things take their own course, and that's why you have timetables that say, you know, six to eight weeks or what have you. So I think at this point the Dodgers are hoping that they have him back after the All-Star break. Uh, Cody Bellinger, back from that injury, had a couple big uh, dingers in that Cubs series. I attended all four games. Uh, he He was special. Didn't start the game. Uh, hit a home run in the bottom of the ninth to to give them their first walk up of the year. But he seems to kind of getting into that rhythm uh, where he's eyeing that short left uh, right right field porch out there for for some for some dingers. He seems to feel more comfortable now after coming back from that injury. Well, and he really has not had an extended run of playing time at all this season. So you right. could argue this is in some ways his spring training. Remember, he was coming into spring training off of shoulder surgery. So he didn't get much action in spring training because he didn't even get into the lineup until spring training was almost over. Uh, Then, you know, four games into the season has a broken leg. So now he's back on the injured list, comes back, you know, then he has his latest setback. Now he's just come back. And as you mentioned, starting to hit a groove. So, you know, Dodgers certainly hoping that once he gets this run of extended playing time, that he'll, more closely resemble the player that was the most valuable one in the National League two years ago. This Dodgers team is probably in one of the more contested races anywhere. You know, the Padres, uh, the Giants. Uh, when it's all said and done, when it all shakes out, do, do the Padres have the staying power? Because for the while there, the, the Giants looked like they just they were going to hit and hit and hit and pitch and pitch and pitch, and then the Dodgers made them look kind of foolish here in their recent series. Uh, is this one going to go to the end, or is there going to be a, a horse that ultimately just runs away down the stretch? We're only at the all-star break. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit hard to tell because we sort of assumed from spring training that this would be a two-way race with the Dodgers and Padres, and nobody really projected the Giants being a part of it. But the Giants have certainly had, you know, enough chances to fall out of it. And, you know, you pick up the standings today, and they're still in first place. And, you know, what's the probably the best division in baseball in terms of the the top heaviness at the, 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 you know, uh, leading the division. Um, the Dodgers have always been about depth. They have not been about one or two or three players. And indeed they've showed that this year, as you mentioned, you know, Bellinger has been hurt for a while. Seager has been hurt for a while. Um, Dustin May who was supposed to be one of their top starting pitchers is out for the year after surgery. At one point early this year, they had what seemed like half the bullpen on the injured list. Uh, they're still there. You know, they're right behind the Giants in the standings and not far. So uh, if that plays out the way it has over the past eight years, when the Dodgers have won the division every year, you know, it'd be hard to bet against them at this point. Yeah, it would. It would. They are fun to watch. I tell you that much. I. It's weird. I, I don't know if this is just me, but I, I you know, I, I go to I go to games from time to time, especially when when my Cubs are in town. Like I said, but the pitching's been so good, and you know, the checks for foreign substances and all those things. But it, is it just me, or is it just the games I went to? But games are hitters are either hitting home runs, or or not at all. Like like it's it's that's how that's how people are get that's how teams are getting their runs. It seems it doesn't seem a lot of small ball moving guys around. You know, hitting doubles. It seems like, especially for the Dodgers during that series in particular, the way they got their runs was with home runs, and that's it. That's the way the game has played the past, I would say, five to ten years, uh, irrespective of the foreign substances, which accelerated the trend. But the term is three true outcomes, walks, strikeouts, and home runs. Uh, The analytics guys have figured out that that's the most efficient way to run a team. Unfortunately, it creates a pretty boring product on the field. And so the league actually hired Theo Epstein, who used to run the Cubs and the Red Sox, to come up with some ideas on how to make the game more exciting and how to get doubles and triples and stolen bases back into the game and not just make it a festival of walks, strikeouts, and home runs. And the trouble with that, of course, is, you know, you get a ball put into play once every 10 minutes. So they're doing experiments in the minor leagues, uh, looking in some levels to see, well, if we modify the shift rules and maybe not allow infielders to shift to the degree they do, would that help? Uh, in some leagues, they're limiting the number of times pitchers can throw to first base to try to encourage stolen bases. And other leagues actually have bigger bases to narrow the distance between first and second, so maybe you can steal more. And when they get the results on this, they'll see what they think might, might impact the game. But as you mentioned, uh, getting foreign substances off the baseball has made a pretty significant impact in just a few weeks. Yeah, just a few weeks. All right. Um, before we get you out of here, we're speaking with Bill Shaken, L.A. Times national baseball reporter, focus mostly on the uh, the L.A. Dodgers, the Trevor Bauer situation. Let's let's say Major League Baseball acts here and uh, and, and they suspend Bauer for some time. Is this? Uh, uh, are the Dodgers going to try to look for somebody else or do they feel like they have the horses in play that can pick up the slack for, for the loss of Trevor Bauer down the stretch? Well, when you came into spring training, you looked at the Dodgers depth and starting pitching and said, this is really, really good and deep. They had their five starters, 
Then they had Tony Gonsolin, who was very good last year as a rookie, as essentially number six. They had David Price, former Cy Young Award winner, in their bullpen, essentially his number seven. Uh, they had a prospect named Josiah Gray, who they thought would be the first guy called up for the majors at number eight. So where are we now? Bauer's out indefinitely. May is lost for the season. Gonsolin's in the rotation. They haven't stretched out Price yet. Gray was injured and is just coming back. And they've got a prospect of double A through uh, six perfect innings last night. So he might be the next guy up. Well, we'll see how it goes. Um, Bill Shaken, everybody from the LA Times. Thanks for taking time today on on uh, on the day after the holiday. We appreciate it. All right, thanks, Ryan. You bet, Bill. Have a great day. Bill Shaken, everybody. LA Times national baseball reporter, filling us, getting us educated on everything LA Dodgers, everything with the Trevor Bauer situation. When we come back. We're going to take some calls if you guys want to call in and discuss any topics, NBA playoffs, NFL preseason coming up, training camp starting, the NIL, anything you want to talk about. You can reach us at 310-845-4120. That's 310-845-4120. We'll be taking your calls the rest of the show as well as uh, having Bobby Marks uh, from from ESPN, the NBA insider here at the top of the hour, followed by Eric Name, the athletic Bucks beat reporter. And my buddy, Jay Chandrasekhar, is going to join us at 11 o'clock, top of the final hour. He's a writer, director, comedian of Super Troopers, uh, Club Dread, um, Broken Lizard, uh, all that stuff. He has a new film that he just directed called Easter Sunday with Joe Coy. Uh, interested to talk to him about. And he's a diehard Cubs and Bears fan. He'll have much to say on that topic as well. So give us a call, everybody. Uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Leaf, filling in for Rich. Talk to you soon. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. 
that could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. I don't think at this point there's enough information for Major League Baseball to make a decision on suspension. Uh, certainly they want to go through a full investigative process because all they have now is the one document that people have heard about and read about, the application for the restraining order. And that's one document. You need a lot more, obviously, to do a full investigation. That was Bill Shaken from the L.A. Times talking to us about the Trevor Bauer situation in Los Angeles here with the Dodgers. You're listening to the Rich Eisen Show. I am Ryan Leaf, who am filling in for Rich uh, while him and his crew take a well-deserved break over the holiday weekend. Um, just because it was the holidays doesn't mean that sports stopped. Uh, we had PGA Tour Golf, which gave us another playoff. Uh, guys don't seem to want to win it. Right, they want to see somebody lose it. No one made any birdies to to get it done yesterday, um, but uh, they uh, they went to a like a fifth playoff hole once again. Uh, guy uh, Merritt doesn't make the uh, um, about six foot par putt to to push it to another uh, playoff hole, and Davis wins it um, and is the Rocket Mortgage champion. There. What other news did we have going on? Um, uh, the Lightning seem unbeatable in the NHL Stanley Cup playoff final. Uh, it looks like they're going to sweep the Habs, the Montreal Canadiens. Um, the Tampa mayor even <laughs> went as far as saying, hey, come on, be nice. Let the Habs win one, and then you can come back here to Tampa Bay and clinch one. And everybody's calling Tampa Bay, Champa Bay now, you know, defending champions in the NHL, defending champions in the NFL. Pretty darn good for that sleepy little town down there. Uh, I spent so about a year in Tampa when I was playing with the Bucks, so uh, I, can, I, can, I can tell you they're excited about their sports franchise down there. Another big story, right? The uh, Otani discussion. I almost wanted to ask Bill about Otani. He becomes the first major league player uh, to be a two-way All-Star, meaning that he got uh, inducted as a All-Star, voted in as All-Star as not only a pitcher, but as a position player. He leads the majors with 31 dingers. I mean, this is this may be the most impressive thing we've ever seen. I mean, he is absolutely destroying the opposition. The only way this became a huge story and people started talking about it is because he did it at Yankee Stadium the other day, too. Because I've been living in California, and I've been living in L.A., and the, the Angels are just down south a little bit here. And, of course, I've been hearing about it, but it hasn't really been the national story like it should be. But you go on to a big venue like that, like Yankee Stadium, and you hit two home runs in your first um, your first time there, and then you pitch a six-hit shutout and, or whatever. He just... 
He's an exceptional player lost in the shuffle out here in uh, lower la-la land because the Angels aren't that good. They have probably two of the best players uh, in the generation will watch baseball here, and uh, and Mike Trout and Otani, and you know neither of them are getting a chance to you know, sit in primetime, play for playoffs, uh, play for championships, things like that. They're not going to make the playoffs once again. They're out of it already by the All-Star break unless they go on in a tear. Um, that's big. What else do we got? All right, no- Novak Djokovic, right, reaches his 50th, 50th Grand Slam quarterfinal. This guy, last time I hosted the Rich Eisen Show, had just won the French Open. And is inching closer and closer to the all-time Grand Slam record held by Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal, who, t- who are tied. Um, and I, we, had a, we had a tennis uh, expert on, and I talked to him about whether or not uh, Novak Djokovic may be the all-time and greatest tennis player ever who isn't necessarily as beloved as the other two, right? Roger Federer, who is playing very well in this tournament, don't get me wrong, he's playing right now. Uh, and he's in the first uh, first set down one love uh, to Sonango and uh, at center court. So if you want to check that out, um, Novak won in straight sets six two six four six two. Um, on the U.S. side of the women's side, Coco Goff got beat this morning. Everybody's talking about her possibly getting to her first Grand Slam title. Um, she gets beat by a- Angelique Kerber six four six four. Um, Madison Keys. Got beat. Um, Golubic beat her 7-6, Barty, who's the number one overall seed, she continues her dominance there at Wimbledon, wins 7-5-6-3 as well. So um, a lot of the major players stepped out. Uh, Rafael stepped out, uh, of course. Uh, Osaka had stepped down uh, for different reasons. So there you go on your tennis side of things. On the NFL side of things, and Talking about signings and rookies and everything like that. The number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, uh, signed his $36.8 million rookie deal. There will be no holdout for him heading into camp. $24 million guaranteed. Um, you know, sometimes I just think I was born in the wrong decade, everybody. $24 million signing bonus, essentially. Um, that is a good chunk of change. Uh, same deal as always, right? Four years, fifth-year option placed on that. Uh, uh, and away they go in Jacksonville. Uh, he is uh, reunited with his uh, running back, Travis Etienne, who was picked later in the first round. Um, they've used him mostly as a wide receiver during training camp. Tim Tebow used as a tight end. Uh, more and more stories that start to come out, we hear that it's going to be a real struggle for Tebow to, to make the team. Uh, as it should. I mean, you, you, a guy that's never played the position uh, at his age decides to come back and, and try his hand at it again. He got an opportunity from his old college coach in Urban Meyer, his neighbor there in Jacksonville. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I had an uh, interesting take on this, on whether or not this would be a divisive factor in the locker room. And I said, well, it won't be divisive unless he blatantly doesn't have enough on the football field and everybody sees it but still gets a roster spot because of the nepotism side of it. Uh, that's where it would get divisive in that locker room. Now, if he goes out and he performs and he can help this team win, everybody in that locker room is going to want him to be on that team. If you can make the team better and you can make the quarterback better, you can 
give a chance to this team that's probably going to struggle quite a bit in year one under Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence, you want that guy in your team. So if he works as hard as he's always worked and he's capable and the other players see it, the guys that are going to be pissed off are tight ends that don't make the team. Those are the guys that are pissed off. They won't be on the team. It won't be a divisive thing in that locker room if he performs in front of everybody during training camp and everybody sits down when the roster is put out and they go, yeah, he deserved it. He deserves to be here because he's going to help us win. That's the only piece of the puzzle that people care about at that level, when you get to that level, because it is a limited time for you to be successful. The average uh, length of an NFL career is 2.8 years. It has dropped significantly from when I played. It was just over three, I believe, at that time. Uh, when I played too, the pension and was a four-year vested uh, career. I think it's moved down to three right now. So uh, something that Tim Tebow hasn't hit. I think he for him to be vested in the um, second career savings plan from the NFL, he has to be on the active roster on day one uh, of the season this year. So best of luck to him. Best of luck to the Jacksonville Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer. It's going to be a tough year. Trevor's never lost a regular season game since he was like in high school. Urban Meyer has never been below 500 in his career of coaching. Closest, 7-5 and five with the Florida Gators. Upped and immediately resigned after that season. Took a little time off for taking the Ohio State job uh, and taking them to an undefeated record in that um, you know, penalty-sanctioned year where they couldn't go to a bowl game or represent for the national championship. Uh, but then he would ultimately win a national championship there at Ohio State. Um, speculation abound about whether or not he'd take another college coaching job after taking a year off to work at Fox uh, on the uh, in-studio show. He ultimately decided uh, when Trevor Lawrence was going to be the number one overall pick that that would be a way to start a franchise in Jacksonville with arguably one of the best quarterbacks to come out since probably Andrew Luck. So we'll see how that rolls. I think it's going to be a tough year. The AFC South is extremely, extremely talented. Uh, Tennessee adding um, Julio Jones at the wide receiver position. Uh, They are breaking in a new offensive coordinator. Uh, It was a smooth transition when Arthur Smith took over and they excelled, bringing in Ryan Tannehill to take over Marcus Mariota. They have a great wide receiving core and they have the best running back in the business and Derrick Henry back there. Whether or not their defense can stop anybody, that's going to be the bigger question. Uh, Coach Coach Vrabel is going to be the one uh, emphasizing that. If that's the case, uh, I think it comes down to really them and the Indianapolis Colts. Ryan Ballard has done such a tremendous job with the Indianapolis Colts. And, and it's, it's funny because when you do such a good job and you draft as well as he is drafted, these players' contracts come up at the same time. And you can't extend everybody, right? Because uh, you're really good at your job. You get impact players in the middle rounds, but everybody's contracts come due at the same time. And you just, with the salary cap lowered this year and and hopefully going up quite a bit next year, you have to find a way to pay all those guys to keep them around. It's tough. Similarly to what the New Orleans Saints have done. The New Orleans Saints have drafted amazing. The 2017 draft for them, gangbusters. Um, And they're having to find out different ways to pay him. Trey Hendrickson um, was able uh, to get a a big free 
free agent deal this year, not to stick around with the Saints this year, but the Colts are in that position, right, where it's almost like you you better win now. And they went out and got a, a, a quarterback after Phillip Rivers uh, decided to call it quits and retire after one year in Indy. Um, they had a playoff run that ended in Buffalo, uh, down near the goal line at the end of the game. They feel like they are a franchise quarterback away, and they went and got a guy. They went and got Carson Wentz, who was uh, an MVP candidate just a few years ago when the Philadelphia Eagles won that championship. They would not have been there in that position for Nick Foles and that team to get through the playoffs and ultimately that Super Bowl if it weren't for Carson Wentz and the play he had during the season before getting hurt out here in Los Angeles at the Coliseum where he blew his knee out. He's reunited with Frank Reich, with his uh, quarterback coach there in Philadelphia. Um, People are excited. They have a great running back crew in the back, wide receivers, defense that plays really, really well. The offensive line is solid up front. Uh, I think it's the division for Indianapolis to take. Tennessee will be nipping at their heels. And then I think Jacksonville is going to be playing for third because I have no idea what is happening in Houston. Um, we still don't have any um, clarification on uh, Deshaun Watson, whether or not the criminal investigation is moving forward. We know that the civil one is. Is he going to settle with these women before the season starts? Countdown to camp is on. He doesn't want to play for Houston, he said. They haven't talked about trading him or anything. Uh, and then they have a new head coach, one of the oldest teams in football, and they chose to just absolutely bypass some off-season uh, practices because, hey, why, why do that? You know, why, uh, why practice more when you are going to struggle a ton this year? Uh, but there they are. Uh, there they are. The AFC South. This all stemmed directly from my conversation about Trevor Lawrence signing his $36.8 million rookie deal that makes him the starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Where will they do? How will they do it under Urban Meyer in year one? We'll see. But when we come back, we're going to switch gears a little bit and head to the NBA, the hard court, all right? Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA insider, is going to join us to talk about all things NBA Finals. Do the Bucks have a chance without Giannis? Will the Suns win their first title ever? Who knows? You're listening to the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Leaf filling in for Rich. We'll be right back. <laughs> 